Hello, everyone. Good evening. No, no it's afternoon. Wow. Uh, it's lovely to be with, be with you all, especially if you're uh, visiting or if you're new or just passing by. Uh, you are very welcome. And I hope someone will be able to grab you for a chat and make you feel at home. You are, uh, you are indeed home. Uh, for those who don't know me, uh, I'm Alistair, and Caitlin mentioned that I did uh, the VPA. That was after I graduated from the university. I studied physics, uh, and that's been greatly helpful. Uh, and then since then, I'm, I've been working as a school technician um, in a school in Arbroath, fixing computers and uh, getting annoyed at kids. There's not too much of that. I just avoid them like the plague. Um, you've, <laughs> you've met my wife, Lucy. Uh, she was leading the service. We got married two years ago, um, and we've loved being part of this church for the last couple of years. And uh, apparently our Christmas jumpers clash. I don't know. I, I don't know these things, but uh, hopefully you enjoy that too. Um, as a church, um, we are marking the run-up to, to Christmas um, Advent with four sermons um, based on a bit of artwork by one of, uh, one of our incredible members of our church called Shin. He's an illustrator and artist, and hopefully, there we go. Wow. Yeah. So we've got four sermons talking about um, Advent based on this picture, um, and the piece of art is called Deliver Us From Evil. If you were here last week, you have heard Lizzie, our current pastoral assistant, or one of them, uh, preaching on one of the themes of Advent, which is uh, longing. Don't worry if you missed it. Uh, it's on our website and it's on our YouTube channel, so you can catch up. But Lizzie was focusing on the bottom right corner of our picture um, of the women crying in grief below the hands of people reaching out for something more than the loss and brokenness of the world that we often feel like we can't escape. Lizzie spoke about how God, as a good father, wants to sit with us amidst the pain, for us to share what we feel with him and to let him comfort us. Today, we'll be looking at how the glory of God fills us with wonder. And at the end, I, wanted to, I want to invite us to experience the wonder of God's glory. In fact, it's kind of funny. We, we don't communicate on what we're going to sing or what's being said. Um, but if, if you were paying attention to the lyrics of the, of the songs, then I might as well just sit down. <laughs> um, so that's been a wonderful setup for this. So before we get to that invitation, I want to talk a little bit about what glory and wonder are and what the glory of God can look like. So to start, let's turn our eyes to Shin's artwork and specifically to the faces of joy, of tearful joy in the bottom left corner and to the shepherds in the center witnessing this incredible sight of the angels in the starry sky. And as we're taking all that in, my friend Josh is going to slowly make his way forward. <laughs> yes. And is going to read to us from the story of the very first Christmas in the Bible. As we read this slowly, I'd encourage you to use the picture behind me to help bring the story to life for you. Um, you may want to close your eyes. Maybe imagine yourself in the story. Imagine yourself sitting among the shepherds and the sheep and seeing uh, the starry sky and the, and the angels for yourself. Or you may want to reflect on the image that will be on the screen. So if you're ready, this is Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. Thanks, Josh. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. 
they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Brilliant. Thanks, Josh. How was that? No one's gone to sleep yet? Just you wait. <laughs> I think uh, that that story of shepherds and angels, and in Shin's art, with the bright and joyful, glorious angels that are bursting onto the scene, it captures something about what it means to feel wonder in response to God's glory. Well, actually, the shepherd's first response to the radiance of the Lord's glory was to feel afraid. Maybe that was because of the big, shiny creatures suddenly appearing around them uh, in the middle of the night and surrounding them in, like, super bright light. Would have been pretty scary and surprising, I'd say. But I think there's more going on here than just the shock factor. These, en- these angels must have seemed like otherworldly, totally different from anything the shepherds or we have ever experienced. And when we're confronted with something that's different from us, uh, and in this case, bigger, more powerful, more radiant than ourselves, the response can often be fear. Here, the shepherds felt out of place and afraid when confronted with that scene of glory. But the angel said, Don't be afraid. It's all right. You're meant to be here. We've got some amazing news to tell you. This person, whose otherworldliness and majesty is making you feel nervous, this person has come into the world. And not to bring fear, but to bring peace. And after the angels have gone, the shepherds aren't shaking with fear anymore. Instead, they go out praising God and telling everyone about what they saw. There are a couple of important points here about glory. Firstly, it's meant to tell you something about the person. 
In this story, the scene of the host of angels in the starry sky is revealing something of the majesty and, and greatness of God. And secondly, when we encounter someone's glory, there's an emotional reaction. For the shepherds, after it was clear that they were invited to be there, what began as a feeling of fear was set aside and they were in, able to enjoy that pure feeling of wow. You know, that feeling of just being like blown away by the magnificence and the beauty of what you're seeing. And all you can do is just take it in and enjoy it. That pure feeling of wow is wonder. I think that for us as well, sometimes other emotions can make it difficult for us to open up to that wow wonder. For the shepherds, they weren't able to enjoy the show until they got until they let go of their fear. Is there anything stopping you from experiencing the wonder of God's presence? Perhaps you've not felt very welcome in his presence because you've been told in the past that his dominant personality trait is anger or disappointment. Or sometimes we can feel ashamed or unworthy to approach him or Sometimes we can be afraid that God won't fix or heal the really big thing in our life that's causing us pain. So we're afraid to bring it to him in case we go away disappointed. I know for me, I'm struggling to trust God's goodness with what he has next for Lucy and I. When I go to spend time with him, my thoughts are often completely absorbed by, by worrying about what's next and how it will work. And come the end of my personal prayer time, I've not been able to just enjoy Jesus' presence or have any kind of conversation because my thoughts have been totally consumed by anxious worries. And I'm really no better for it. So recently, when coming to spend time with Jesus, I've had to really try to let go of those things so that I can just fall back into resting in the wonder of his presence. And the times when I do manage to put aside my fears my distrust actually gets addressed because in the wonder of his presence, I get to experience and feel his goodness. Then I come away knowing that he is good and I find it that little bit easier to trust him. Letting go of fears and anxieties isn't always easy. Sometimes we can't do it by ourselves and we need God's help or medical intervention. But however it happens, it often needs to happen before we can enjoy the wow wonder of God. I know for me, it's often a first step before worship on our Sunday services. There are many ways we can experience that wow wonder all around us. Looking again at Shin's picture, um, maybe it's, well, if it's still up there. Thanks, Phil. Naughty. I don't know if it's just me, but I'm a bit of a physicist, but, um, or at least was, I don't know. Um, but I love the starry sky. We get pretty great night skies here in Fife, especially when I remember my glasses. Um, but what would the sky have looked like 2,000 years ago in rural Israel uh, for those shepherds sitting on the hill with so little light pollution? I think something similar to how Shin's captured it here. And when Shin pointed that out to me, it just blew me away. Or I think about how I get to see sunrises most mornings as I drive to work. Um, and if I time it right, 
I, I come off the A9 and I look over the, the North Sea and you've got like the kind of orangey purple of the sunrise fading into the light blue of the Scottish winter sky all reflected in the waves of the sea. And it's just, it's stunning. And if I wasn't driving, I'd just stop and watch it all morning. And I'm also usually running late, so. Um, these things are all good and they're wonderful experiences. But there's more to a sunrise than light entering my eyes and my brain going, oh, I'm rather fond of that. The beauty of the natural world is actually an expression of God's glory. Psalm 19 says, um, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all of the world. Like the choir of angels, creation is crying out, declaring and demonstrating the glory of God. And we are the shepherds surrounded by this wonderful display. So when we see those stunning sunsets, the grand mountain valleys, the beautiful beaches, and the peaceful forest glades. When we look out on the natural world, we are witnessing something of the glory of God. What does it reveal to us about him? Have you ever thought about that? If God is the creator artist who formed the world, then what does his artwork tell us about him? If I think about how much I enjoy his creation, then I think our God must be so deeply joyful because he created the world so rich in goodness and so ripe for enjoyment. I'm not saying he isn't also agonized by the real pain in the world, but I think we often have a picture of God's face which is unwieldingly stern. But I've been recently challenged that if I look out on what he created, how can I picture him with a stern face rather than a smile? And instead of angry eyes, I see eyes that have known tears, but with those little wrinkles either side that have been set in by countless moments of genuine joy. If we look out on the world, ready to see God's glory and enjoy his wonder, then I think we'll realize it's all around us and we'll begin to understand a little bit more of what he's really like too. But God has also given us the gift of the Bible to help us experience the wonder of God. In its pages are vital stories about, reveal, about God revealing his glory to us. One such story is particularly helpful for understanding what God's glory should tell us about him. It's found in Exodus 33, and it's a story about a man called Moses who has the audacity to ask God this question in verse 18. Moses responded, then show me your glorious presence. The Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one may see me and live. Moses just goes like straight out and asks it, show me your glory. And what God reveals to him is four things. His goodness, his personal name, his mercy, and his compassion. 
which is what Lizzie was speaking about last week, how God weeps with those who weeps, suffers with those who suffers, and comforts those who needs comforting. To see God's glory is to witness his goodness because he is first and foremost so good to us. It's to have a personal relationship with him because God's not distant or far away. He is close and he wants us to do life with him. Seeing God's glory is to witness his mercy. How he not only forgives, but then gives generously to those who are undeserving. And along with his mercy, seeing God's glory is to see his compassion. How he cares deeply for those who feel lost, broken, or left behind. He wants to sit with us, comfort us, heal us, and strengthen us. And this might be surprising to you. Many outside the church and some inside too expect God's glory to be in the form of like terrifying fire and angry punishment and stamping his authority down in great calamity. And yet, God considers his glory to be marked with his grace and compassion. God is awe-inspiring and incredible and big and mighty, but core to who he is is that he is gracious, compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. And this is all summed up in the person of Jesus, who lived several centuries after Moses and whose birth we celebrate at Christmas. Jesus wasn't just a teacher or a prophet. He is God who came to us to live among us as a human. The Bible often uses the word Emmanuel to describe Jesus, which literally means God with us. I thought Hebrews 1 verse 3 puts it beautifully. He, Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. When we look at the person and life of Jesus, we see the glory and very personality of God. In the same way that we read earlier that the radiance of the glory of God shone around the shepherds when the angels appeared to them, Jesus is that radiance of the glory of God among us. And in Luke chapter 4, Jesus quotes a passage from the Bible to introduce himself. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What God revealed to Moses, we meet in the person of Jesus. Jesus brought freedom from the evil in the world. He set in motion the renewal of this broken world. He raised up the least in society. He comforted the broken in the morning. He healed the sick, literally raised people back to life from the dead and restored sight to those who were blind. And as well as many stories of him performing miracles, there are also many stories of him having dinner with people who were rejected by society or having breakfast with his friends on the beach. He formed personal relationships and friendships with the people around him. Jesus was building a community, a kingdom, of goodness, personal relationship, mercy, and compassion. And through us, Jesus continues his work today.
This is the role of the church, to be the body of Jesus on earth today. To be his hands as we lay our hands on each other in prayer, as we offer a hug and comfort, as we prepare dinner or a cup of tea for those who need a friend, to speak with words of kindness as we share life with our friends and families, to say his words of encouragement and blessing in a world that is so used to being put down, to be his feet as we walk into places of darkness and care for the least, the last, and the lost of society. And as Jesus performed miracles and healed people, we are to do that too in his power. So these are all things available for us to do and to see in our day-to-day lives, and it all displays God's glory to the world. Just as the shepherds were surrounded by the angels, the radiance of God's glory is shining all around us so that we can all see what God's like, behold his beauty, and be filled with wonder. So as I bring this to a close, we'll finish with that invitation to enjoy God's glory and experience his wonder. And I have three ways I want to do that. The first invitation is for anyone who doesn't identify as a Christian or maybe feels far away from God. If that's you, I invite you to try setting aside your fears and be open to experiencing the wonder of Jesus in his warmth and kindness. One way to enjoy the wonder of Jesus is in the coming weeks as we prepare for Christmas and enjoy our various traditions, dinners, decorations, and celebrations. Maybe you could take some time to think about what these things reveal to you about who Jesus is. And for here this afternoon, as we go into another time of prayer and worship, can I invite you to spend that time giving prayer a go? Try having a chat with Jesus in your heart. Set aside the feelings or thoughts that are getting in the way of you enjoying his presence and invite him to be with you. The second invitation is for anyone who feels like there is anything, who feels like there is something in the way of them feeling that wow wonder when in the presence of God. Maybe you felt that barrier during worship today. Maybe it's anxiety, fear, or shame that has been like a wall around your heart. Or maybe it's just been a long time since you last felt anything when you were with Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to move out of the way in a bit and you can come forward and receive prayer. Invite Jesus to break through whatever is in the way and ask to enjoy the wonder of his presence. You may find that Jesus begins to do some deep healing as you spend time with him. Don't be afraid. He's kind, gentle, and only does what you let him do. And since he cares deeply for us and is so good to us, I invite you to trust him and give him permission to do what he wants to do. Now, we ask people to come forward for a couple of reasons. One is so that you can all see that nothing dodgy is going on. We're not pushing people over or like, I don't know, spitting at them. I don't know, does that, does that happen? I don't know. I don't know. It just came to my mind, Jim. Yeah, uh, yeah. we're not doing anything super weird. Um, all that will happen is that when you come forward, that's so bad, um, one or two people who've been trained in our home groups uh, will, come, will come up to you, kindly ask if they can pray for you, and maybe put a hand on your shoulder. Then you can close your eyes if that helps, 
and receive from Jesus. The second reason we ask you to come forward is that God, I think, really honors that step it takes to come forward. Um, and it can be liberating for us to, to overcome that hurdle. It's like, um, it's like a physical act of setting aside our fear as we come to meet with him. And the third invitation is to come forward to receive prayer for healing. A few weeks ago, I shared a story um, from that week when I prayed for a colleague of mine at work. We were working together and I mentioned how we'd had some people healed at church uh, that Sunday. They were intrigued and they said they had a painful leg and asked if I would pray for them. I prayed and Jesus healed them. The next day, they told me they hadn't been limping at all and all the discomfort in their leg was completely gone. When we see these things happen and hear the stories, we get to share in the wonder of seeing Jesus at work powerfully in people's lives today. So, come forward if you need healing, emotionally or physically. You might need to set aside that fear of asking and being turned away disappointed. If we don't ask, then we don't get. And God loves giving good gifts to his children. And if those prayers are answered, then we all get to enjoy the wonder that comes with that. So that's enough from me. Why don't you stand? I'll pray. The band's going to come up and rearrange this, this bit. Even now, you might want to just close your eyes and try to focus on the presence of Jesus in this room. I don't want to hype anything up or make you feel anything that's not real or God. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you're here with us. That your loving presence is all around us. Thank you for your, the, the, the glory of your goodness that we see all around us. And Lord, I pray that you would show us more now. Even now, Lord, I pray that people will begin to receive your presence. That they would experience the wonder of your presence in power. Come, Holy Spirit. I might have been rushing during my sermon, but we're not going to be rushing this part. Come, Lord Jesus, even more. Show us the wonder of your glory.
Let us experience the goodness of your presence.